As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Welcome to another episode of Action and Ambition Podcast. You're here with your host, Dominique Linton, and I have another phenomenal guest with us today, David Nance, who is the CEO and president of Sabre, a world-class personal safety company specializing in providing top-quality pepper spray products to law enforcement organizations and civilians around the world. Since becoming the CEO in 1997, David has developed multiple safety programs, such as the Law Enforcement Training Pro uh, Department the Civilian Safety Awareness Program, and the College Safety Program to help citizens and officials be better understand personal safety and the operation of Sabres products. David, how are you doing? Thank you for joining. I'm doing great. I appreciate being here. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course, of course. And how is your Monday going so far? It's a busy Monday. Uh, we're working with some major retailers on some projects, and uh, they, they didn't give us a lot of time, so we're scrambling, but we're making it happen. Gotcha, gotcha. And you know, before we even get into Sabre, I like to start us off with, you know, asking, could you give us a little breakdown of what happened before, where you were before Sabre? Yeah, so, um, well, uh, so this company was actually founded by my father. So where I was before Sabre, I mean, this, this company was developed in my home that I grew up in. Wow. Um, so I've been basically involved with, with this business from a very young age. Um, but in college, I did go my separate way. I, I, I had three internships here in Chicago. I worked at the Mercantile Exchange, which mm -hmm. is, you know, similar to the New York Stock Exchange type atmosphere, but they trade futures and options there. So a very energetic uh, atmosphere to go to work in. I was a finance major, um, you know, with, with a focus on investment trading. I also worked at uh, Smith Barney um, for a retail broker. And then I went to sharpen my, my financial accounting skills at Andrew Corporation, their corporate accounting department. All that I did in the four years that I was in college. And I got a job offer from Merrill Lynch and right out of college to go to work as a retail stock broker. Mm -hmm. And I just, I had more passion in the safety segment. I, I thought there was an opportunity to help people and, and grow the family business. So I decided to jump right into it instead. That's amazing. And, you know, was it because it was being developed, you know, basically in, in your own house? Was that 
kind of where the passion grew and you just saw the ins and outs and just heard what, you know, your family was working on? Yeah, I, I saw how hard my parents worked. I saw that they believed in the product. Um, I saw and heard stories of people that we had helped. And I also thought that, you know what, we're just at this point not reaching enough people. And I think there's a tremendous opportunity to reach a lot more people in the United States, but to do it globally as well. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of, you know, fired my ambition and, and got me and made the decision for me to actually join Sabre and take over the company. That's amazing. And when you did join Sabre, where exactly did you have to start? Did you have to start, you know, kind of at the bottom like everyone else? Or how was that journey, you know, getting to the top where you are now? Yes, even though it's a family business, my father didn't hand me the, you know, the CEO title yeah, the right keys. away. Yeah. Uh, so first day at the office, I put together a desk that would be mine. We actually, it wasn't, it wasn't a fancy desk that comes in fully installed. Yeah. And then uh, he handed me a, uh, a list of cards, um, three by five cards, which were leads for hardware stores and sporting goods stores around the United States. And I had to basically cold call them. And that's what I did for the first several years working at Sabre. So I would definitely say that wasn't the top. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. And, you know, being where you are now, what is that? What has that transition been like? And what has that, I guess, what are the lessons you've learned along the way? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So starting out day one, we were focused just on sales, um, on a very specific segment of sales versus the large segment that we offer now at Sabre, and then growing to become eventually the CEO in charge of not only just a portion of sales, but all of sales and nine other departments and those division leaders, and then strategy and future of the corporation, protecting the business, dealing with supply chain um, and everything else, all the headwinds that, that our, our country currently faces. So um, it, being a CEO is obviously quite a bit more challenging than, than that entry-level position. And I don't know that it's ever been more challenging than it is today. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, to others who are trying to be in your same shoes, I guess, what are some tips and advice that you would give them to really help them make that, you know, progression? Well, I, I'd say it's engagement, absolutely engagement. If it's something that you decide you want to do, then you need to get fully engaged into it, right? Know as mm -hmm. much as you can, as you possibly can to do it, put together a plan and just fully commit to it. Um, I just don't, I think in order to, even if you're a great CEO and you, you know, are fully engaged, it's still very, very hard. It's very, very hard. And I think that if you're not, your, your chances of success and being happy doing it are not likely. So I, I just think you just have to make that commitment because there's hard choices every day. And, you know, there's, there's extra effort that you have to put into it. And, you know, it's, 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 it's not an easy path in your, in your career to choose. It comes with a lot of responsibility. Yeah, definitely. I know fully committing for a lot of people is really where the struggle begins because, you know, you may have a great idea or a dream that you want to make a reality, but then fully following through and you know closing out what you say you're going to close out it's definitely harder than it looks that that's for sure sacrifices come with it no doubt i mean you know after family and health the company comes next so yeah and for being a ceo um i guess what are some of the things that people don't know about that you really have to be on top of every day like what are some of the things behind the scenes that you really have to deal with well, I, I, you know, I just, I think it's important with anticipating various things in your organization, having a full understanding of each division, 
that um, makes up your organization, where your strengths and weaknesses are within those divisions and with the overall company. So, you know, just keeping close contact, checking regularly with those that report to you, ensuring that they've got a good support team underneath them and you have aligned goals for people to um, tackle and move towards. And ideally those goals all combine towards one larger goal. When I think when you set the company up in that manner and you have those open lanes of communication with clearly defined goals and responsibilities, I think you set yourself up for, for better, for success. Yeah. And, you know, on the health side, what are some things that you really have to consider when being a CEO? Is it like a very real thing that, you know, as a CEO, do you not get a lot of sleep and free time or do you just have to prioritize and know how to manage your, your personal life as well? Uh, yeah, sleep and free time. Those are things that are <laughs> definitely not givens. Um <laughs> Those are luxuries. Um, so yes, for me, that's a fantastic question, Dominique. So um, a good day starts with me waking up and meditating for 20 minutes. Now I have a five-month-old daughter. So as soon as that's done, she's generally Congrats. waking up. I, thank you. Yeah. A little late to the dance with that, but better late than never. Mm -hmm. um, but but uh, she's wonderful. And that definitely relaxes me, calms me. And then I go to the gym and I'll spend you know an hour there every morning and so by the time I get to the office, I've now meditated, I've worked out, I've spent time with my daughter, I feel like my head's in a good place. Versus the day, the days where I don't do those things, I don't, I'm not perhaps as engaged and as calm as I would be, because as a CEO, you're constantly having things thrown at you all day long, they're stressful. Your, your decisions that you have to make, which sometimes are very challenging, which are gonna up, perhaps upset people within your organization or outside your organization, that's never fun, but that's part of the job. So I think you have to get in the right headspace. And then I think it's also important with regards to your health to know, all right, am I at my limit for today? Do I need to leave the office, go home for an hour or two, reset, and then come back to this later on this evening? Because if I grind it out for another couple hours, my headspace may not be there and the effort may not be as good as it would. So that is a fantastic mm. question. Something very important. I, I think not just for CEOs. I think it's for anybody professionally, but a very yeah. Yeah. I mean, that balance is, it's hard to find, but once you find it, it's, I feel like you could do anything you really can or want to do. We're pretty and resilient. Yeah. Yeah. Being resilient and I don't know, focusing on your mindset because I know mindset, it could be difficult once you lose it. But, I yeah. absolutely agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. And, and, and again, I just, you know, that engagement piece is, when, when your mindset's where it needs to be and you're calm, and I, and I believe a lot in, medit in meditating. I think meditating really helps me with that. That takes you to the next level. Yeah, yeah, meditating is crucial. I need to work on that myself. <laughs> but, um, you know, for Sabre, exactly. Can you actually explain a little bit more about the company and what it is that you guys specialize in and do? Yeah, absolutely. So we're a personal safety company. Um, started out by my father in doing personal safety sprays so, you know, pepper spray, for example, we did that for a number of years. We started making then Halon fire extinguishers um, because we basically can make any type of spray that's an aerosol or a pump spray. So Halon fire extinguishers fit inside that niche and what we could manufacture being that it's safety. Um, and at, at a certain point, it was determined that Halon wasn't great for the environment. Um, so that the Montreal Protocol um, put an end to that, and we transitioned to starting making bear sprays, which you hear quite a bit about, which are very popular right now with people 
you know, in, in Yellowstone and other national parks and bear country, especially out west, although there's black bears that cover the, you know, the majority of the United States. And uh, it allows people to go into bear country and be safe and allows the bears to stay safe as well. So that's a product we're really passionate about. Um, wow. When I graduated college, I noticed that a lot of public safety officers were using our product because they were safer and more effective than some of the other options, but we weren't directly marketing to them. Mm-hmm. So I decided, hey, this is something we, we make a better product. Um, we test it. It's more thorough testing. We ensure the consistency of it. So even though peppers fluctuate in heat levels, every batch we produce is the same because we operate a high performance liquid chromatography lab with, a, with both a chemist um, and a biologist that operated every day. So we were doing things to make the product even safer. So I thought, let's take this to law enforcement. Let's reduce force escalation, and we can do that by putting out a safer pepper spray. So we really got behind that. And when I when I learned that, I won the Miami Police Department tender. Um, right, you know, shortly after college, I realized, uh oh, I got to provide training for these guys. Yeah. <laughs> what does that look like? <laughs> so we worked with the local sheriff's department and uh, very and other relationships that we had, and we created a training program for officers on how to safely use product on how to you know decontaminate and treat others after you use the product and get them help and all the the procedures that go along with it so that started after that um so that was the next step and then after you know as you grow you realize there's more opportunities as an organization so we got into home security which allowed us to get into more uh, mass merchant retailers provide people for protection on the go with the spray and at home for, for college um, dorms and apartments, things of that nature, for when people travel. One of the biggest concerns people have when they travel is their safety. This allows for that as well. So that basically addressed another area of the consumer, of the safety spectrum. Um, so, and there's just more and more. There's several other segments I could tell you about as well, but I feel like I'm rambling, but it's, it's all safety related. Gotcha. Wow. And you know, there's a lot of innovative um, improvements and just initiatives that you mentioned here. Um, would you say all of those or which ones would you say is what makes your company special and different from others? Uh, wow. So, I mean, we are the global leader in uh, pepper spray, pepper gel, bear spray, all those type of spray deterrents. And that product's manufactured in the United States and in a suburb just outside of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's unique. So it's, 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 you know, produced in an American corporation by American workers. And it's the additional things that we do with the testing of the product, that laboratory that I mentioned, which people love because it ensures every can is always gonna be that consistent heat level. Um, It's the additional testing and certifications our company has. We're an environmental protection agency establishment, a Health Canada establishment. We have all kinds of European certifications, National Institute of Standards and Testing certifications. The list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. So it's it's, and then there's another unique thing that we do. It's called pepper gel. Oh wow! Never heard of that. that? No. Okay. So one of the concerns that mothers have specifically and women um, that carry the product is if I spray it, is it going to affect me? Is it going to get in the air? Am I going to walk into the area of the air where it's at? And I certainly don't want it to affect my children either. So pepper gel sticks um, to what it contacts. So it only affects what it directly contacts. And I'm here in the Windy City, which we have our sales and marketing team in Chicago. Mm -hmm. It's quite windy outside. Pepper gel substantially reduces wind blowback. So this is a unique product that we produce. It's safe. It's even safer for the consumer. 
It protects them at an even greater distance, and it gives them the opportunity to, to escape to safety when they face a, a violent threat, which is, is, wow. is a big, big safety advantage for people. Wow, that's awesome. That's actually really cool. I've never heard of that, but that is definitely helpful. Yeah. I've never thought of the blowback before, too, to spray and then you spray into your own. Oh, that'd be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So pepper gel takes care of that. So that doesn't happen. And it's trending on social right now. There was just a nice Good Morning America segment done on the product. It's it's what people are talking about. Wow. That's super awesome. Yeah. You know, aside from, you know, all the amazing things you've listed now, what are some things that are coming up in the future that you could maybe share with us? Any new projects and initiatives to further drive the company? Well, I think, yes, we're always innovating and working on creating new products. We're, we're, we're looking at expanding on, on more of home defense. Um, there is, okay, so I'll talk a little bit about this product. We've, we've, we've done a little bit with it already, but we're looking to expand upon it. Um, it is a like similar to a to a paintball launcher mm. and instead of it deploying the paintballs it'll have pepper powder on the inside so you could use it um for home defense right instead of oh, a wow. firearm you choose this option so it deploys further than pepper spray it, on impact it's quite painful so no one wants to stick around and then in addition to that it, it actually puts pepper powder in the atmosphere which makes it unpleasant and you know the intruder then is you know turd and and, and goes and then you you're, you're you know so it's designed to protect your home that's a product we're coming out with um we're doing more and more of that on law enforcement as well again all these things reduce the need for firearms which i think is a positive thing um and then aside from all that i think a, a, one of the big things we've always been concerned with is reaching people before they need our products mm. we want people to be more proactive with their safety yeah. Oh, what I what I learned for a long time, Dominique, is people would wait until they had a big scare, or they or worse, or someone close to them they learned about had something happen to them. We just don't want them to wait till it's too late. So we put out a lot of information training programs, like that personal safety academy we talked about, mm -hmm. reaching college students. We have over 500 instructors nationwide that provide these personal safety academy classes. Doing more with these classes online to develop that safety mindset. So that'll help prevent yourself from ever being in that scenario because you you learn certain things that can deter an attacker before they try to go forward with the threat um but if you ever find yourself in that scenario now you know how to protect yourself even better than before so that's really what we're trying to do we're trying to meet, reach more consumers with that so they can be more proactive with their personal safety yeah wow that makes so much sense to be proactive with preventiveness um, cause like you said, a lot of people do wait until something big or scary happens or bad happens and you don't want to wait that long. That can change their life. And, and, you know, it's, and I've, you know, been around, I've had several people very close to me with similar situations happen to them and the mental trauma, the psychological impact that happens after this, oftentimes is quite worse than, than actually physically what happens to them and it sticks with them for a lifetime. So, um, yeah, we want to prevent that. We don't want that to happen. And that, and that's yeah. our, that's our goal. We're very, very passionate about that here at Sabre. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, with hearing how many goals that you have and how you're continuously trying to improve and create new products, would you agree that as a CEO, is it that you see that your work is never done? Like there's never an end point. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> because even even after you introduce something new, have a successful campaign, there's, there's absolutely more that can be done. 
right? We have, you know, 327 million Americans, people in this country, right? Um, and then, I mean, what is that? That's that's less than 5% of the world population. I think it's somewhere around two, 3%. So, you know, there you go. Um, and then it's, you know, consumers are changing so fast and they have so much opportunity nowadays to communicate with one another through all the various platforms that if someone thinks of something or something trends, it happens, something, you know, a new idea can happen quite quick. So you got to keep a pulse on that. So yeah, as you said, um, the work is never done. Work is never done. Never time to set up your, your coat and call it in, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah, no, makes sense. Makes sense. And, you know, with, this being a family company, do you expect to just keep it in the family, um, you know, for as long as you can or forever, if you would say? Yeah. So um, my, my father's past, my mother's now retired, although she still does a little consulting work from us here and there. Um, but I do have three siblings and they have all joined the corporation. So I have a, a brother who uh, is, is, is basically VP of operations and a sister in sales and another sister who's our CFO. Um, so it's, you know, I, I like, I like running the business with them. It's great and they, because they grew up in it. I understand that the, the legacy of the organization, how hard our father worked, um, what we're actually doing to reach people and help people on a day-to-day basis, the better we do our jobs, the more people we can help. Something we instill in our staff, we remind them every day why their jobs matter, what mm-hmm. it actually, what, I mean, you know, we make these products, Dominique. So I, I remind people whenever I'm at the factory, like, please stop and think like that, that one piece, that one product right there could save someone's life. It's yeah. very important what we do. So we're passionate about that. And uh, we have definitely uh, over the years, if we've grown and brought on um, high level positions outside of the company, I mean, we simply can't do it all ourselves anymore. And that's great. We learn from them. They add value to our organization. Um, they allow us to grow. They allow us to help more people. So we'll continue. I mean, our, you know, the oldest, uh, child amongst the four siblings is a junior in college um so and who knows if she wants i don't think she wants anything to do with the organization so (laughs) i I think we're we're going to continue to bring in high level people from outside the organization and and build it yeah they do well in the interview process yeah gotcha gotcha and you know aside from um customer satisfaction and you know safety the safety that you are advocating for what are other key elements to running a successful business yeah so i mean you know you, you talked about those those core values a little bit and and, and our mm. four are being passionate if you're not passionate about what you're doing it's going to be a lot harder to be successful about it right like your team like what you guys are uh, you're doing as a company i think that's super important and we definitely i definitely like both those things um, being engaged, I spoke about empowering. I think empowering others, because if you don't, if you don't empower others to do, th- like, you know, understand the challenges that they have in their department and to tackle those challenges, you end up doing all of them for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, the saying, you teach somebody how to fish, they can feed themselves the rest of their life. Then, you know, you know, everyone knows that saying. So when people come to me, we have this one, three, one, uh, empowerment plan where they come to us with a question, but they provide three potential solutions. They advise which of those solutions they think is the best answer to the problem challenge. And then we make the decision. So, you know, oftentimes they know more than we do because mm-hmm. they're in it more so than we are. So that empowerment piece, I think is huge. And then it's just, it's just going the extra mile. I mean, it was a beautiful day here in Chicago yesterday on a Sunday and we had a big project. We had to get done. So some of us showed up and did it. That's not often. That's, that's a rarity, but when it has to happen, it has to happen. 
yeah. I think those are some of the most important pieces, checking in with your team, seeing how they're doing, especially with the crazy world we've been through in the last year, you know, two years, COVID and everything else. Um, you know, I, I think those are just a, keeping a pulse on the business and that's being engaged. Yeah, yeah definitely. And when obstacles and challenges do occur, I guess, how do you deal with those and what goes into rectifying, you know, the situations? Uh, well, I think you, the best thing to do is, is to take a step back and understand everything there is to know about that challenge. Ask the necessary questions. Um, brainstorm. What are our potential solutions to this? What can we solve that will actually make that situation, correct that situation, make the people with that situation happy and so on and so forth, rather than acting impulsively or mm -hmm. assuming you understand what actually is the challenge. I think it's asking the right questions, gathering as much information as you can, leveraging your strengths to address it. Yeah. Asking the right questions is crucial because if you don't know what's fully going on in the full situation, then you could be, you know, prematurely trying to correct something that might not be the main issue. I, I agree with you hundred <laughs> percent. And, you know, we are running low on time. So I do have two last questions for you. Uh, the first one is, do you have any other advice and tips that you would either want to reiterate or things that you haven't been able to say just yet for other entrepreneurs out there and people trying to start their own businesses? I know you've been dishing out a lot of great, great advice and tips, but yeah, if you want to backtrack a little bit on those or introduce any new ones. Yeah, Dominique. So um, there, I, I believe in continuous learning, right? Um, if, if, you know, so it can be hard for entrepreneurs to CEOs, presidents to um, take the time to read books and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But maybe there's, you know, there's plenty of, of, of self-help people out there that put out little segments, little videos. Um, Darren Hardy with his Darren Daly is a good one for CEOs that, that I sometimes subscribe, I, I listen to. I'm in the YPO, Young Presidents Organization, um, and a couple of different networks within that. So, you know, networking with other people having similar challenges, find out mm -hmm. how they're doing it. That's all that served me well over my career. Yeah. And would you, you know, also recommend just surrounding yourself with like-minded people and other go-getters so that you have that right influence? Absolutely. I, I also, in addition to, to, to Darren Hardy, I, I did the Tony Robbins Entrepreneur One Year program as well. So meeting fantastic people there, fantastic people through YPO. So you can, you know, be inspired by them or and also help them. It's a two-way street. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. And lastly, um, could you actually close by explaining where people can find you and your company online and any social media handles that you may have? Yeah, I, I, I'm not great with the social media handles, which I should be. It's a little <laughs> embarrassing, but uh, but you can certainly find us at saberred.com. Um, so Saber spelled the fancy way, like, you know, the hockey team in Buffalo, S-A-B-R-E, saberred.com. Um, Saber Safety, I, I believe, is, is, is one of our um, social media handles. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's the best way to reach us. Um, yeah, saberred.com. Sweet. Well, you all heard it. Make sure to check out sabered.com and get your safety, you know, going, get your safety training, get your safety um, equipment so that, you know, you don't want to be late to the game. Like we mentioned earlier, you want to be proactive and preventative to what, you know, can come. Yeah. And you, you can also find our products at most major retailers at, at uh, of course on Amazon, but also Walmart, 
Target, Lowe's, Home Depot, um, you know, a lot of a lot of national retailers, Bass Pro Cabela's around the around the country carry our products to protect you and your family. Definitely. Well, thank you again for joining us, David. And, you know, it's been a pleasure learning more about you and your company's journey and what you aim to, you know, do for this, for the country and the world in general. So thank you again for joining. Thanks, Dominic. Appreciate uh, the ability to talk to your listeners. Yes. And for those who have joined Action and Ambition Podcast, this has been another episode with David Nance and Dominic Linton. We are now signing off and have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.